0: Sometimes, you just need a little spiritual guidance to help get your life back together. It can be compared to Mosaic art. Many little pieces that come together to form something beautiful. Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Your host is Mosaic Shaman, Christy Ellen. Christy and her guests are here to ensure that your life is just as you deserve it to be, happy. Now, here's your host. Christy Ellen.
1: Welcome to the gardens. We're going to be having a conversation today about the sacredness of relationship. It's called the sacredness of men and women. And we're going to talk about relationship and actually the guest after the break will be relationship expert, Dr. John Gray. So he'll be able to talk to us more about the sacredness of relationship and he's going to talk to us about the sexuality part of that too um, it's what he's been studying lately so looking forward to that and it is a beautiful sunny day here in the garden um, in Arizona I went for a swim in the pool this morning first and there's just a smell in the air of uh, the f- fragrance of the flowers, and it's been about in the '90s, uh, late '90s, not quite hit a hundred yet. So it's a beautiful time to be outdoors. And I went and connected with the earth, which is what I recommend you do every day: go out and connect to the earth, put your feet on the earth, and become connected to Pachamama, the great mother who gives you life. So right now, we're going to start with our meditation, shamanic prayer. And we're going to talk about love today in our prayer. So I want you to take and get in a comfortable position. Put your feet on the floor if that works. Sit on the floor, whatever you want to do. I want you to connect to the floor, connecting to the earth. Because we're going to pull up the energy from the earth into our chakras, coming up through our kundalini into our body, we're going to bring that energy of the Great Mother that gives us so much love to to our bodies so, if you're driving as I've said before, you can also go and listen to these in the Empowerment Station on Voice America, they're in the archives and you can get the meditation Um, this and other meditations are on my website soulhealerspath.com, there's some free meditations and then there's a 7 day chakra clearing meditation that will actually change your life And it will change the stories and change the negative patterns in your body. If you do that every day, you'll become inspired where all things are possible. So now for our meditation, sit, breathe in. And as we've talked about before, we breathe into the belly, bringing air into the belly, expanding the belly, and then softening the belly as we release that air. Breathing in and releasing. Just pulling that air all the way down into the belly and allowing it to relax. So often we're caught in breathing through our chest, holding our breath. Whenever you feel yourself stressed and not knowing what to do, drink some water and then drop into your breath. Drink some water and drop into your breath. Because it's usually because your body's not getting the liquid or the breath that it needs. Breath is the life. It gives us all form. So as we drop into our sacred place in our heart with our breath, We call on the elements of the Great Spirit and Pachamama, the earth, to come into this place. Allowing us to be willing as we have this conversation about sacred relationships between men and women, as we have this conversation, that we are open to love. Allowing our heart to open up for this moment. We ask the protection surround you wherever you are so you may be in a safe place where you can open your heart. In this garden, in your safety, all things are possible. In this garden, love exists. If you choose it, you get to choose the love in your life. And that love comes from loving yourself. Then you can share that love with everyone around you. We ask that the elements of the four directions join us as we share the sacred ceremony today as we discuss the relationships of men and women and their sacredness. The Sacred Relationships of Men and Women in Love. Namaste. So, sacredness of men and women. Hmm. Why do we get into relationships? Is it about what you can get out of it? Or what you put into it? That's a good question to ask yourself. Why are you in a relationship? People say they fall into love and then they fall out. Do you fall into something and when i tell people when they say they're falling into love i say really you can't fall into anything it's it's something you create it's something you create it is the experience you create between yourself and another individual do you intentionally withhold love for fear of getting your heart hurt have you built walls around that created walls around yourself so that you can't let anyone in because if you've created these walls you can't let love out either you know walls will keep you safe but they also keep everything inside right so you can't expand and grow or bring in anything new or experience anything new when it comes to love there should be no falling there should be the ability to open up and love but yet so many things happen and we hang on to those past experiences as if they're real right now and we bring them into every relationship we have now if you can let go of those experiences and start anew each time you'll see miracles and beautiful things happen in your life where all things are possible all things are possible when you're willing to step through your fear let it go of what's not working to have what does work in your life and you can go to soulhealerspath.com to find out more about that so healthy relationships are built on love. It's a connection and a learning experience. And as we get into a relationship, we're here to learn about ourselves and about how to be in relationship with another person, how to play, as I could say, in the sandbox with someone else. Because a relationship will push your buttons like nothing else. And you get to choose either to grow or learn from it or run away from it. That's always your choice. You get to make that decision to be either in love or fear every day of your life. There are things that are going to happen in, those, in your life. When those things happen, you get to re- decide how to react to those things. And love is one of those things. And a relationship is one of those things. And a relationship is something you work at. To have good, long relationships, it requires learning, education, and work. Like the four principles that we talk about. Awareness, the first keystone. The second one, education. The third one is action. And the fourth one is support. You have to have all four of those keystone principles in place when you're having a relationship. And the best thing to do in the education part is go out and ask anyone who has been married. Someone who's been married for 40 or 50 years, how did they do it? And they'll share with you that they worked at it and there were certain things that they did to make their relationship work. Um Like every story, I get to experience these episodes in my life. Again, I get to experience whatever residue needs to move from that. So I got to experience this story again. And someone that I love very much in my life right now is struggling. They're struggling in their relationship. They're young and they're coming into a relationship and they thought it was supposed to be all fun and it was supposed to be love and then they got married and it got hard because there was some work that needed to be done. And after a few months they're they're thinking of divorcing and separating. And it's really hard for me to sit back with the wisdom as, as an elder and not get involved and not jump in and say, you know, man, this is what I learned. And I do share some of that wisdom. But I have to share it in little bits because this is their experience. And sometimes those experiences will take those ones you love down a path that leaves them hurt. And it's hard to see that because you don't want them to go through that. But I also know that my own struggles gave me the strength to grow and be where I am right now, making all things possible in my life because I had to walk through my fears, let go of what's not working, to have what does. And that required sometimes me having to lose things and then come back and learn about them again. Love being one of them. Now as we move forward, we get to let go of fear and we get to walk through it and reconnect into love, walking through your fear and going into love. Fear is a warning sign. It, it shows up sometimes to tell you something's not right and that you need to get rid of something, change something, do something different. If it's used for its right purpose, it's a good guidance system. But when you live in it every day and let it run your life, you have no room. For healthy living, and you have no room for love to come in. There, there is an overload of fear going on right now on this planet, and it's time to see the illusion for what it is and choose love. It's contrary to our nation to hold and withhold to hold withhold love. It's contrary in our natural spirit, in our nature, to withhold love. It is contrary. It kills our spirit and brings damage to our lives. Look, look at a baby. A newborn baby is just so full of love. It doesn't live in fear. It's just happy and it gives love freely. Somehow along the way, when things happen to us, we have attached a story to that. You change a story, you change your life. You attach a story to that. You live in that story, you have fear, and you'll have a block on your heart. And I'm telling you, you won't be where you want to be. You won't be able to be open to love. Walking through your fears and finding love makes all things possible in your life. Are you willing to walk through your fears and let go of what you do not want to have what you do want? Go to soulhealerspath.com and I'll walk that journey with you. And there's meditations there that I have and there's a whole bunch of things to learn about walking through your fear. So many feel lost and alone in a world where we have more communication devices to keep us connected than ever before. And I ain't got to say it's time to reconnect. I want you to write a letter of appreciation to that person you love. Write a letter of appreciation and then put that letter up so that when you're angry and upset, you can look at that list and see those things you did appreciate about that person. When you were able to see the divine truth and the divine love of who they truly are, you had appreciation for them. So I want you to look at that and see that so that you were reminded when those things aren't going right in your life and your relationship. So... um, also, go on a neighbor walk. Go around and talk to your neighbors. I did that today, and I learned a lot about my neighbors. I went out and walked and talked to my neighbors and you know, and shared their stories and listened to what they had to say about how they move forward. I have a neighbor across the street. She's always happy, so I was asking her how come she's always happy and how she keeps that excitement and happiness in her life. And she shared with me that she chooses that in the morning. She just chooses to get up. It's not that she didn't have struggles in life. She's 85 years old, so she's had some life experiences. But she chooses every morning to get up and choose to be in love. And to love the divine in her life right now. I'm in a relationship right now with a partner that I'm showing love to. And we are working through these things. And we're going back and relearning how to love because things we did before didn't work. So we don't want to keep recreating those. We wanted to learn new things. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about learning to see things from a new perspective. We're going to talk about when men and women are made different. And... um, so instead of being angry at those differences, it's good to learn those differences and grow from them. Um, this great book that uh, John Gray wrote, I, Dr. John Gray, is "Men Are from Mars and Women Are for Venus." was was written a while ago, and I re- I read it about 10 years ago, and I pulled it out and reread it again as we're learning how to use those things in our relationship. And I'm really excited to bring him on today because he's a relationship expert. And a person who knows because he worked through this, he studied it, he used it in his own life. So as soon as we come back from break, we will be talking with Dr. John Gray. So stay tuned and we'll see you back in the gardens in just a few minutes. Namaste. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk
0: Radio Network live, wherever you go, on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
2: It's time to live an inspired life. Join Christy Allen, the Mosaic Shaman, as she enhances the quality of your life healing with art is Christy's focus at soulhealerpath.com if you follow the steps and use the skill that Christy Ellen teaches in Soul Healer's Path Life Coaching doing your part and taking 100% of the responsibility for your life changing your life story then in one year's time you could be living the inspired life of your dreams Soul Healer's Path Life Coaching offers four life coaching packages starting with a serpent path which is all about awareness and letting go of what you do not want to have and embracing what you do go to soul healers path and sign up for a one month session of clearing the light body so come and walk the medicine wheel with christy ellen visit soulhealerpath.com or call 435-260-9598 for a special newcomers one month coaching package for just 300 christy ellen is an intuitive healer and master creator let her guide you to living the life to which you were born to live
0: is welcome to the mosaic garden with christy ellen to connect with the show today please call one 346 9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 or you may send an email to healingart.kp at gmail.com now back to welcome to the mosaic garden
1: welcome back to the garden I'm, I'm so excited today to be having a conversation with, with Dr. John Gray about the sacredness of relationships. It's a topic that is close to my heart because it involves my heart. Welcome, Dr. Gray, to the show.
3: Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be talking about love and relationships and sacredness. That's a beautiful topic.
1: Yeah, it is. And um, it's one that, um, that is a tricky topic as well because it involves so much, doesn't it?
3: It it certainly does, and as you've been saying before, you know, it's the commitment to love that helps us move through, but as I point out in my many books, particularly my new book, we need new relationship skills if we want to uh, fulfill our goal today, which is to achieve a kind of unconditional love that is able to be sustained for a lifetime, and that's challenging for people.
1: So you were just talking about your new book, and I know that... um... Uh, your book about relationships, that came out in 1990. I was wondering, is there been some changes since that book came out and how relationships are done? And tell us about that, and is it written in your new book, those changes?
3: Well, that's the theme of the new book, because uh, many of the ideas of Men Are From Mars uh, and describing relationships 25 years ago, things have changed quite dramatically. Men and women are still different, but as women are basically taking on most of the male roles, the traditional male roles of being providers and self-reliant, independent, educated, money makers, and so forth. Uh, this has an effect on relationships big time. And uh, how do men and women adjust to this shift? That's kind of the theme of beyond Mars and Venus. And when I call it beyond Mars and Venus, I'm still talking about how men and women are different, but... It's like our roles have changed. We have these traditional roles that men had as providers and women as homemakers. Uh, Now suddenly it's switching or it's equalizing and so forth, and it's as if there's no differences between men and women. Yet I point out that the the awareness of our differences is even more important now because, well, behaviorally, uh, women might be doing all the things that men do and reacting to things the way men do, uh, and men vice versa in some of the ways that women do. Uh, biologically, there are huge differences between men and women. And when it comes to loving, if, if we are in a fight-or-flight mode, a biological fight-or-flight mode, uh, blood flow stops to the prefrontal cortex of our brain where we can experience this higher love. And instead, it goes to the back part of the brain where we're able to unable to experience empathy and connection. It's just not possible biologically. And so on a biological level, what are these differences on a hormonal uh, streak? Simply put, and we can explore this, there's so many ramifications of it, but for men, in order to stay out of fight or flight, they need to have 30 times more testosterone than women. And women need to have 20 times more estrogen than men. And certain wow. behaviors stimulate estrogen, whereas certain behaviors stimulate testosterone. So this is very, very interesting. If we want to manage stress effectively, keep our hearts open and let it grow over a lifetime.
1: So so what are those different in behaviors? Because I, when the fight-and-flight mode seems to be more prominent now than I remember it when I was growing up, that that it's my way or, or no way kind of thing um, in a relationship. Is it different now than it was 25 years ago, the need to just either fight or, fly, or flee away from it?
3: Well, the, the fight-or-flight response is measurable. We can you know, term it many different things, but it's, it's an elevation of a stress hormone called cortisol. And when cortisol levels are elevated, uh, it will deplete men of testosterone, and mm-hmm. when men's testosterone levels drop uh... they become more irritable they become grumpy they become passionless they lose motivation uh, they become more prone to addiction so these are some of the things and of course we now know that men only have heart attacks when their testosterone is low men only have depression when their testosterone is low uh... men only have prostate cancer when their testosterone is low so testosterone low testosterone is death to men and actually healthy testosterone levels is when men behave best and stay in love. So we, we can understand that we, that for the past, uh, until this recent research at Stanford University, we associate testosterone with aggression and some of the bad behaviors of men. But actually, men are never aggressive when testosterone levels are high. Men uh, only become aggressive or mean or cruel, that aspect of masculinity, which is historical. Uh, is when testosterone is converting into estrogen. When men are in mm. a fight or flight mode and they lose confidence, their testosterone starts turning into estrogen, the female hormone, the men become hyper emotional. And at that point, that's where they become aggressive. On the other side of this, uh, for women to cope with stress, it's very different from men. Uh, when women, uh, when cortisol, the stress hormone, is being produced in a woman's body, uh, Literally, the, the cortisol is made out of progesterone, which is a calming hormone for women, and, okay. or, it's, or it takes up the estrogen, which is essential for women half of the month for her to experience well-being. Uh, and, and So this is what cortisol is doing. Now, what's interesting is when our hormones go out of balance, cortisol levels go up. Uh, just as when cortisol levels go up, our hormones go out of balance. So it's kind of like a two-way street. So the way we, we have control over this is to regulate our behaviors. So when women are doing traditional male jobs during the day, we have to recognize that, fighter, that jobs that make money, to simplify it, work for money stimulates testosterone, and work for love stimulates estrogen and progesterone. Uh, when you're when you're in that mode of making money, you've got deadlines, you've got decisions, you've got other lives are counting on your decisions, you've got uh, uh, a sense of urgency, emergency. There's responsibilities that you do whether you like it or not. Anytime uh-huh. you're in that mode, your body produces testosterone, and this is really that more the traditional male jobs are that mode. Because uh, you know, if you were to pick which one for a man, that would be the best one because men's bodies are designed to make much, much more testosterone and also use testosterone as a way to cope with stress.
1: So, for women, working for men, for working for, the one I'm understanding is working for men and, and making the money builds their testosterone.
3: Working for money builds testosterone for both men and women. And it's not that women don't benefit from testosterone. It's just that men benefit way more and need way more. Uh, When women start making a lot of testosterone all day long, it depletes them of progesterone, and it also lowers their estrogen. And both progesterone and estrogen are necessary in a certain balance, which changes every day of the month uh, for women. So what can help women to have a greater peace of mind and enjoy love and be happier and have better relationships is to use their personal relationships, whether it be a marriage or just friendships and family, uh, use their personal life, their personal relationships outside of work to a great extent uh, in order to anticipate those relationships will help to stimulate the estrogen and the progesterone, uh, and that's working for love. When we have love in our lives, if we prioritize love in our lives, the female hormones go up. And we prioritize money and success, the male hormones go up. And this is all biological. It's explained in great, great detail in my new book, which is amazing insight to link our hormonal behaviors, our hormones, with our behaviors. And knowing that, you know, taking time, for example, a woman who's busy working all day long, if she's coming home, making sure she's getting to communicate with her partner, for example, about what's going on in her life and feel safe doing that, that will rebuild her estrogen levels. Uh, or during the second part of her period when progesterone needs to be dominant uh, is to make sure she has a social life. And if her job tends to be very stressful, she'll deplete her testosterone levels as well. Uh, she'll need to be important to take me time, time for herself. And these are new phenomena because historically, Women weren't making testosterone all day long, so culturally, women don't have a lot of permission for me time, in a sense, selfish time, and they often don't know how to use communication as a way to get uh, attention, affection, warmth, empathy. Uh, There's a skill to communicating with a man or with other friends in a way to get what you need, Uh, And to more vulnerable.
1: What would be that communication skill? Because I'm, I'm seeing, listening to this, and it makes perfect sense because when my partner comes home after a long, hard day of working, and we've both been working, he's wanting to go to bed and I want to talk. <laughs> it doesn't work out because he ends up falling asleep. So my need to communicate, if I'm understanding this right, is what's building up the estrogen in, inside of me, and, and his need to um, to be done in rest is, is helping with it. The testosterone, so we're having this conflict, true. right? That's What you just you know? said is, is
3: very, very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of why he stays, uh, it's kind of a re-education. We, we, this is a new phenomena of, of, of men and women both going to work and coming home, okay? So we need new skills to understand it. Men don't get sleepy if they feel successful. Uh, when he comes home, he doesn't know how he could be helpful for you, and he also has no experience of it. And the last thing his mind would think is by listening to you talk about your day would actually give him energy or make him feel better or make your life better. He doesn't understand that. Uh, but men, in a sense, when, whenever a man feels needed and has the awareness that he can be successful in making a difference, he will get a burst of testosterone. His tiredness will become less or go away completely. Uh, but he has to be able to anticipate success. Now, if a woman just said to her husband or boyfriend, "You know, I just want—I want to tell you about my day," uh, he'll just start to go to sleep. Sometimes, I just like, I get bored. Yeah. Or, why am I, yeah. Why are you telling me this? And because he doesn't have a reason or purpose for it, he doesn't have a mission. Uh, that's what stimulates testosterone. is like, hey, wake up! You got to do something here. There's a fire to put out. So, well, yeah, he gets is,
1: excited. That there's something to that, that. I have a problem that needs to be fixed. So when we have a problem that needs to be fixed, yeah. Can come up with some solutions for that, but I'm also just looking to listen, like before, to be heard, and I just want to talk about it. And then it, it kind of goes the opposite way. Then when I don't uh, appreciate the fixing that's being done, <laughs> so this is still it, it's interesting that we're working through some of the old things, but we're bringing in all this new um, energy of having to go to work, figure out where our roles are balanced. Um, because it can get confusing to know where you cross over when you're being too independent as a woman and when you're being too needy or too independent or too needy as a man.
3: Well, what you just described for people some of the basic ideas that were talked about in Men are from Mars 30 years ago. What's interesting, back then it was all revelation. Today people sort of think it's just common knowledge that mm-hmm. women want to talk and men interrupt with solutions. But he really doesn't have that down and and what, the new communication skill is, is for you as a woman since you're the one who's wanting to make it better if he was talking to me I'd give him an answer of how to make it better but you're the one who's mm-hmm. talking to me uh, so there's either side can always make a relationship better what you would do is come home and let him know first of all you'd start uh, energizing him the first simple technique from my book on this there's many many I mean this is a big book but uh would okay. be always to greet your partner with happiness One minute of happiness. It just perks a man up. He should always anticipate coming home to a woman who is happy to see him, happy that he's alive. His job is to find you and give you a hug and show you some attention. Your job is to respond with a sense of happiness. At least, you know, the part—the primitive part of the brain is used to for men when they would return home from trips, which they went on these trips, is women would simply be happy that he was alive. Uh, that's a piece okay. simple thing. Oh, you yeah. <laughs> just, and it's just to know that that has a huge impact on a man gives a woman the motivation to, to express that part of her. It's just so important. Just like, you know, I need to do things to make my wife happier and support her. Uh, and they become natural to do those things once I realize how valuable they are for her, like making her a meal. You know, basically you're making him a meal knowing that this is something you can pull up uh, at any time, a woman can you know we we might call it fake it but until you make it, but it 's not faking it it 's just to do it all the time would be faking it, but to find that part of you that 's just happy to see him be happy to see him express a little emotion of delight and oh hi, you know, oh, big smile and go for a hug and then ignore him then come back for a little bit later, and then you say something along the lines of uh you know i i realize i just I just need to i 'm so here 's I mean, if you read the book together, it's real easy because you know what you're doing. But let's just say your partner doesn't ever know anything about John Gray's books. You just say, oh, I'm just so glad to see you. You know, I just want to tell you about my day. It will feel good just to unload it. It will only take a few minutes, exactly maybe six minutes. And I just need your full attention. I want to tell you what happened. I'm going to feel so much better because I just get it off my chest and it feels good. And then just start talking details about anything you want to talk about your day. He'll interrupt maybe with a solution for a moment. You go, oh, no, 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 no. I just want to get it out. I'm fine with this. I'm going to feel so much better. And then afterwards, talking for six minutes, talk about what you're grateful for, what you're happy about. Just let him see how you have the power to switch from hot water to cold water, so to speak, from from some frustrations, some disappointments, some complaints, anything. Whatever is not being expressed during the day needs to be expressed. And this is what's so important today. One of the major stresses for women is the suppression of frustration, disappointment, anger, concerns, fears. Because, see, what happens is in emergency situations, in small emergencies, there's eight times more blood flow for women to the emotional part of the brain. But you can't express those feelings in the workplace. That's not professional. But firstly, for men, uh, while psychology says everybody should never suppress their feelings, for men, actually, uh, their body naturally disconnects from emotion during small emergency, and it's not suppression at all. Uh, So really, for men, it's a very healthy thing when men... You know, men will say to you, all, oh, don't worry about it, forget it, it's not a big deal, it's little, who cares? These are sort of responses actually very healthy for men when it comes to small stresses, but very unhealthy for women when it comes to small stresses. But your own male side, because you're working in a testosterone world, stimulating testosterone, testosterone is basically saying to your emotions, forget it, don't worry about it, it's not a big deal, there's nothing you can do about it, don't be a wimp, don't sound needy. <laughs> You're too emotional. These are things that your own male side says to you, and you have to counteract that from the female side. Instead of suppressing that stuff, it needs to come forth. And if it does come forth in small chunks, you know, six minutes, eight minutes or so forth, just expressing some mishaps during the day and some good things as well, and then some gratitude and positive feelings then thank him for listening and you go in for a hug again and say oh thanks for listening and connect and then again go out of the room let him reflect on what just happened which is wow i just helped her out that was good and it only took six ten minutes something like that then what happens is you're going through a training process where men are learning something that they've never learned on planet earth okay which is to experience empathy Uh, When somebody's talking about their feelings and problems, it may have something to do with him. Men have never done that before, and vice versa. Women have never shared these little things, even with other women. You know, when women talk, they talk, but it's very surface. It's surface, not as deeply emotional. Uh, Sometimes they do, Uh, but historically, it hasn't been a big thing for women. They felt the connection of just working side-by-side with women, Uh, they would say things like, uh, oh, my child's sick today, or you could say, oh, there was so much traffic today, and another woman says, yeah, my day was filled with traffic, too. Well, there's a kind of empathy there, but it's different from the kind of empathy one feels if you actually articulate the emotion of, I was on the highway today, there was a lot of traffic, it was so frustrating because I was late, and I'm disappointed that, you know, I wanted to be there on time, and and everybody started without me. Just to identify emotion is actually more of vulnerable and more estrogen stimulating than talking about the surface stuff. So uh, this is something okay. that women can learn is how to articulate vulnerable emotions about Be little opened. things. They're good at big things. Oh, this big terrible thing yeah. happened. But the <laughs> key is that <laughs> yeah, the little things true. of the day actually will help him connect with you uh, and that will it, it becomes using your relationship to create the female hormone estrogen. And, and for men, it will actually boost his testosterone to know that he can do something and be successful every time he comes home to make his sweetheart, uh, feel better. And it's not like sure. you have to do this every day, although whenever my wife starts to talk, I perk up because I now know if I listen, it's going to give her a big boost. And men, if, see, well. men don't yeah. know why they're yeah. needed today. Women are so independent, self-reliant, That's, but they need I them a
1: s- lot. I do see that. I see that, that men are confused about what their purpose is if a, if a woman doesn't feel like, and I know men need to feel needed, and, and then women need to feel nurtured. So that is kind of in an, an imbalance. I want to go back just a little bit uh, about one of these topics you were talking about, um, and it's back just a ways, but we we're talking about the meal-making part of this. Okay, so just... Uh, Stay with me for a minute and see if we can go to where this might come out to be something interesting. But um, how important it is, it because it's such a challenge right now when they're both working. They come home, they're tired. They're not nurtured um, because even even lack of food. I know so many people work so fast that they don't even take a moment to to nurture their body with water, food, and all that. So that depletion comes into it, and you come home, and who's to make the meal? I mean, this is just a small topic, but this is something that shows up and people fight over. I, I've heard people get divorced over who arguing who was going to make the meal. So,
3: Are you asking how me would who you should hit? make the meal? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I didn't know the challenge. How do we handle these challenges, such as that one? That's just one of. Uh, it doesn't seem real like people, you know, that it's that important, but it's extremely important. So who's going to do the meal? Who's going to make the bed? Who's going to. Who's going to do those little chores that were used to be done when that when there was a segregation of the male and female? Now there's not, and I, you know, people get upset and start huge fights, and actually end yeah, well, their nobody marriage, ever over gets
3: simple upset, things. and no, nobody, nobody gets divorced over who makes a meal. Who cleans okay. the house or whatever? Because you don't marry your partner because they're a great cook or so, they can clean so, well or whatever. Why do you they marry get somebody because you love them. And you just, couples get in big arguments, they get in big arguments because they don't know how to communicate. They don't know Ah, how to create empathy. They don't know how to listen to each other. And so they start finding irreconcilable differences to argue about and say that's the reason. But it's not the reason. I'm doing this 45 years. That's never the reason.
0: The the reason
3: starts with lack of understanding, lack of communication, then a dead sex life, Then suddenly, who vacuums and who cleans, and those things become the major issues. When there's empathy compassion, men are very capable of solving the problem, and women are incredibly flexible and, and nurturing. So it's like getting off on the wrong subject there. At the same time... Well, no, it,
1: I, the point is, though, that that seems to be what people are using as their excuse, and that's why I'm going to point it out. It's not the excuse, that's not what happened. But I hear that a lot from people, that it's yeah, well, outside things know, are what ended You know what I say to women? I say to yeah. women,
3: I say, did you marry this guy because he's a good cook? <laughs> did you marry him because he's neat and clean? Did you marry him because no. he's a good vacuum guy? Or did you marry her because she's a good housekeeper? You know, that's not why we get married, we get no, married through love and affection and romance and sex. I mean, these are the important things. And then suddenly, you, when you get those things down, once you get those things down, then there's how do you talk about division of, of duties, which you should do before you get married, of course. You should yeah. set that up. But there's an understanding that I have. I have whole two chapters in my book of understanding this whole. A whole big thing that you hear all the time from the feminists, which is, you know, how men don't do housework and so forth. And they've done <laughs> studies showing that women, you know, do more and men aren't carrying their share and everything like that. And, and certainly, uh, when, when you actually break it down, I wrote about 150 things that men regularly do that aren't considered housework. Like when the rain falls, the house is leaking. Who fixed the leak? When you have a dispute with the neighbor, who goes out and does talk to the neighbor? Uh, When the trash is going out in the winter and you're bringing that trash out, who's going to bring it out? You want to go on and off, let's take turns making dinner, let's take turns taking out the trash.
1: And if you dig deeper, what you're saying is if you dig deeper, you get an understanding that wasn't the problem in the first place. Communication. That's the the first
3: point I made. Then, when it comes actually to the division of labor in a relationship, men are emergency men. They should do whatever it takes to solve the emergencies because that's what stimulates testosterone. So, to have a house, I've raised three children, four grandchildren. Mm -hmm. I've got a big house, I've got a wife. You know, I, I can go through 150 things I do in the last three months, which I wrote in the thing, things that my wife did not want to do, expected me to do, and where she will do the cooking, she will do the cleaning, she has a job, and if she ever needs help, I will help. That's just it. You know, we watch TV. She's doing folding laundry. Should I watch fold laundry because I because we're doing everything the same. No, I don't want to fold laundry watching TV. She doesn't want to just watch TV. She wants to fold the laundry. There's something that when women are in touch with their female hormones, they like routine activities. Right now, routine activities are boring to women. They're a slavery to women because they're not making enough estrogen. And basically, there's no set rule of who should do what. But the, the understanding is that certain behaviors are estrogen-producing certain behaviors, are testosterone-producing. So when you have divined up responsibilities in a house, it's good to keep that in consideration. Uh, you know, I remember the book Lean In by a famous feminist, and, you know, she's talking to women here. She says, women, if you want equality in the home, then you keep taking, keep taking into consideration. When he's putting on the baby's diaper backwards, don't correct him. He can do it his way. It's just as important as your way. But, well, that's one way of looking at it, but the point is is if you go through all of the things that men are expected to do around the house and you say to a woman, now you do 50% of that, no woman wants to do that, just like no man wants to do 50% of the housework, just say equal to the woman. And there are new research yes. out of Europe where that's really common, commonly done because they've forgotten that men and women are different. They find that the more housework men do, the higher level of divorce. So housework, meaning the routine activities which create a sense of boredom, they reduce testosterone, but they actually raise estrogen and can help women. At the same time, I'm not just saying the traditional role of women doing everything for men. Uh, is the answer for every couple. Research is showing that when women make more money than men, men actually do more housework than women. And when women make equal money, men make equal housework. So there's kind of an intuitive understanding of men of the energy required to make money requires more rest, more relaxation. And that's because testosterone makes money, and you have to rest to rebuild testosterone.
1: And that routine, your routine um, of anything can can bring some safety in because it brings in the estrogen and makes you feel more connected. Um, Let's talk about the compassion that you were talking about earlier that's missing in the brain, the the compassion component. And what do we do to bring more of that into the relationship um, between between men and women? Well, first
3: of all, let's just keep in mind that any time your hormones are out of balance, and unfortunately today, what women are doing and what the medical community has done is told women, all your hormones are out of balance and you need to take hormones, which only throws your hormones further out of balance. You should learn if your hormones are out of balance, how do you balance them? Our bodies are designed to make them. You don't take them. Never in history have women had to take hormones or men taking steroids and testosterone. This is just, in my opinion, nonsense. When you have a natural way to do it yourself, that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is, uh, this is the bad news, is women, when you're taking birth control pills, you're taking hormones. Your body is no longer making hormones. And when your body stops making hormones, you stop feeling the need to make hormones. So you don't feel the need for love, for intimacy, for giving, forgiving, accepting, or feeling unconditional love. Feeling unconditional love is a massive hormone balancer. Uh, in your body, but if you don't need to make hormones, if you're not feeling the need and you don't know how to fulfill the need, uh, then you don't experience those wonderful emotions that that are being suppressed by taking hormones. This is just this huge experiment and then women in menopause who are taking the hormones to help them through that, there's natural herbs and supplements that can easily take that away. Double-blind studies showing it can happen within days But if you take hormones, now we see there's books written on this, how it not only increases, it dramatically increases the risk of breast cancer for women to take hormones. So all of these problems, hormonal problems, women are happening. because once we started experimenting on women in 1940, cancer has just increased, increased, increased. So this is well documented, and yet still it's being done. Uh, Nobody knows the alternative to this stuff. So that's a shame. But you asked me the question about unconditional love. That is a yeah. and compassion. Compassion actually is the precursor to unconditional love. And the prior to that is learning what works. You, if, you don't, if you don't have confidence and trust that you know what it takes to get what you need or to give your partner what they need in a relationship, if you don't have that confidence and trust, then you go into fight or flight. And when you go into fight or flight, you activate a part of the brain that is incapable of changing and responds exactly the way primitives do. Basically, it's called by, by uh, in science the back part of the brain with a high stress response. Blood flows go goes, goes to the very back part of the brain, which is called the reptilian part of the brain. I was talking about something to somebody today, and they're talking about that reptilian, the alligator part of the brain. The alligators actually mm-hmm. eat their children. I mean, they're heartless. It's cold-blooded. You know, this is this sort of automatic stuff. Now, is this a bad part of the brain? No. It regulates our temperature, digests our food. It keeps the systems going. It's actually good for our health. That's where our sex drive comes from. Then the It's middle not part a place brain, to
1: live. It's, yeah, it's not yeah, a place the to stay and live. Okay.
3: It's just a part of who we are, but it should be regulated yeah. by the, the front part of the brain, which is the only human part. The DNA of the back part of the brain is that of, a, of an alligator. The monkey brain, the middle part of the brain, has the DNA of a monkey. And it's only a small part of the brain in the front that has human DNA that's different from animals. And that's the part of the brain that where you can feel compassion. You can't feel compassion unless blood is flowing to that part of the brain. You can't access inner wisdom unless you access that part of the brain. Otherwise, you're in the middle part of the brain, the back part of the brain. The back part of the brain is pure instincts. The middle part of the brain is all conditioned behavior from our parents in childhood, which got from their parents in childhood, which came from their parents all the way back to monkeys. So, you know, this whole thing of, you know, you argue, then I argue back, you complain, I complain back, you get defensive, I get defensive. Couples need to get there behaving not just like children but like monkeys. And, and we need to outgrow that. And the only way you can do it is with the awareness of what is going on in the body and then knowing what you can do to shift it. Because you can't shift it mentally. You can't just say stop. You're in a monkey mode. But what you can do is change your behavior. That's the easiest thing to do. So if I'm a man and I'm in defensive mode, biologically what's happening is my testosterone is converting into estrogen and I'm losing my strength as a man, my groundedness, my detachment, my my analytical ability to figure out what to do. So as a man, he has to know if he's getting angry, boom, he's in his monkey brain. There's no front brain happening at that time. He cannot experience compassion, empathy, or make a good decision. What's What's a anything. good way
1: to handle a relationship when you see that happening? Because like you said, you can't come out and say you're in your monkey brain. That's going to cause more of uh, this fight-flight reaction. So when when you see your your partner and they're in their monkey brain, how do we approach that to... Bring a you don't approach it, it at all.
3: A, you walk out of the room. You, you never leave, try okay. to change your partner. People could just get that. And I'm talking to the men right now. When you're angry okay. as men, you just lost your strength. You're seen as a baby, as a monkey, as an animal. You know, Your anger has no practical value at all, and you're turning into a girl. Uh, this is what I'm telling men to help them get out of that whole tendency of thinking anger is manly. It's not manly at all. You measure the hormones, female hormones being produced. So what you do is you stop talking. When a man is angry, if he, whenever yes. he talks, if he talks, it will actually increase estrogen. So stop talking. And women, don't ask him questions. Stop talking to him. If you ask questions of a man, that's what women do. They'll start asking more questions. He'll get quiet, and then she'll say, what's the matter? What are you thinking? Where are you going? And he starts to walk out What can the I room do to help? Say,
1: yeah, what can I do now? What should I do? Where are yeah. you? Yep, that's yeah, that's true. That's
3: right, and that's the worst thing to do. Everything we're doing as couples today is the worst thing to do. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's why relationships are going downhill, because, you know, it's sort of an interesting paradox today, which is that we have the potential for the best relationships, but also the potential for the worst. It's like we have the potential for a world of peace, but also we have the potential to destroy it with nuclear weapons. It's, it's like it's amazing the crisis that we're at right now and the potential for heaven on earth. So what men can do is know that when your estrogen levels are rising, you need to stop talking. Whenever you talk, your estrogen levels will go up if you're being emotional. So what you do is you stop talking and then you do things that will stimulate your testosterone. So I wrote a whole book on what those things are. So yes. men can do, for example, is he could go do push ups, he could go meditate, he can go watch a football game, he can go to a movie, he can drive his car. He should but the whole thing there has to be a mental approach of I'm temporarily forgetting what just happened. I'm temporarily putting it out of my mind. That's what men have been doing for thousands of years. Different ancient cultures had meditation techniques to empty their minds. Meanwhile, women are now doing these meditation techniques to empty their minds. And the worst thing (laughs) they should do is they need to talk, but not talk to the person they're angry with. They need to talk to somebody who won't be defensive. So couples need to practice stop talking when they get defensive. And, and stop pushing their ideas on their partner. The more you push, the more resistance you will get. And so, what women can do is know vulnerable techniques, techniques to find their sensitivity, express their vulnerability, express their, their, uh, their love and their sensitivities and their appreciation and all these things, as well as their negative emotions. They need to be able to share that and become emotionally articulate. As much as society thinks women are so articulate, they're just as big a problem as men. You know, as I've been doing this 40 years, I see every fire there's two sticks going on. And it's just, (laughs) but they unconsciously, they don't realize how they contribute to the problem.
1: So it wasn't a bad idea to... um... Go for a walk with, with the girlfriends and leave the okay. men to, to deal with these things. So, I mean, now, that, that was something that when I was growing up, we did, and my grandmother taught us. And, and even I used to, I, I studied the Anasazis for a lot of years. I'm not going into that, but I'm going to say they went to the Kiva. The men went to the Kiva to do the meditation. The women worked up and did the grain and talked. So there was communication or or the women who went to do the quilting bees when my grandmother was doing that and they they would they would chat. And then all of a sudden the story became that you need to address him about these issues. You don't go talk to someone else about him. And is that what caused the problems in that in that change where um, there was so much confusion about whether you take your problem to your girlfriends or you sit home and you talk to him about it?
3: No, you don't talk to him about anything when he's the problem, but what you do is you come back to love. Then you give him the kind of love he needs, and he will give back to you. And if he doesn't, then you give him the kind of love he needs, which is different from what women need, and then ask for what you want and in small increments by giving him the kind of love he needs. Actually, asking a man for support is giving him the kind of love he needs as opposed to complaining to him. You know, asking and being patient when he doesn't do it the first time, the second time, he'll do it on the third time, if, if on the third time, you ask as if the first time. So that's if the kind that, of the so love of man dynamics needs. of learning how to ask a man for support without it sounding like criticism. And that's an art. This is new stuff. And you just hit it on the nail when you're talking about what your grandmother taught you. She knew what she's talking about.
1: Yeah, she she did. So it's, um, to go back and kind of learn some of those lessons, and I I know that I feel comfortable when I do have a routine. Um, and then uh, I, if those thoughts come in my mind about whose job this was or who whose job it wasn't, then that gets in the way. So what kind of, you were talking about a kind of love, and you hit on a little bit of kind of love that men we need. What kind of love do men need, and what kind of love do women need?
3: It's a beautiful, beautiful subject, and so I'm gonna do the short version of it. Think of love as ice cream. Vanilla and chocolate, strawberry, pistachio. Basically, it's all love. Remember this. And we need it all. But for, to stimulate testosterone versus to stimulate estrogen, if, if you have a problem and I demonstrate caring and understanding, consideration, and respect, okay, those qualities, caring, consideration, understanding, empathy, respect, Anytime I demonstrate those qualities to you or to a man or to anybody, their estrogen levels will go up. Now, if I demonstrate the quality, if I demonstrate the respond to what somebody does, okay, and now somebody does something, now I'm going to respond to it with appreciation, with delight, with happiness, with acceptance of imperfection, with trust that someone's doing their best with trust that I can depend on them, with trust and appreciation that they're there here for me. Whenever you respond to someone in that way, their testosterone levels will go up. So if your partner needs more testosterone, what do you do? You give them more acceptance. You give them more trust. You give them more appreciation. You give them more admiration. These are the types of things that build the testosterone inside of a man and that he is capable of not only experiencing love, feeling loved, but he has more to give. When you, when I show my wife empathy and compassion and understanding and caring, uh, showing that she matters, honoring her needs many times above my needs, that's called respect, uh, then what hormones go up and her is she feels safe and her estrogen levels rise up her progesterone levels at a different wonderful
1: of wonderful so I um, would give a plug here about where people can go i want them to know where they can go and find your new book and they can read about all this and they can t- you know learn more about relationships
3: well they can go to marsvenus.com they can google my name john gray that would come up as well but it's marsvenus.com and the book beyond mars venus is probably at most bookstores now but they could get it if they go to my website uh, and just put in the receipt number. If you just go to order, and then you'll see a page will come up, and order from from here, put in your receipt number. We will send out free uh, a two-hour talk I give on great sex, Uh, and that's a wonderful presentation for couples because we didn't go into that subject. But besides good communication, That's outside the bedroom. We also need good bedroom skills and and what to do to make sure that happens because sex is a big part of marriage, and we want to make sure both partners are getting what they need.
1: So, and, and I'm sorry we didn't talk on that topic, but we had so much to talk about and I'd love to have you back and we can talk about that again and go in and read about it. Go in and get the book and read about that. So, thank you, John, for so much for your time and for being here and sharing with us. And thanks for the work you do to help relationships better on this planet, because without them, why are we here?
3: <laughs> so Well said, well said.
1: Thank okay. you. And to all the listeners out there, thank you for listening in at the Garden today and the conversation. And um, go in and read and John Gray's book and find out more about what he's talking about, about the sexual connection between men and women. And we'll have him back on again so we can talk more about that. And until next week, may love and light join your life. And um, next week's guest will be John Vaspin. He He's from the Netherlands. And he's talking about living in times in turmoil. And to them, namaste.
0: Thank you for listening to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Christy Ellen hopes that you will join her on another journey next Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Empowerment Channel.